Hello, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. On this podcast, we talk to marketers about how they help their businesses get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard, and this week I had the opportunity to interview Lawrence Elliott. Lawrence reached out to me in seeing how we could work together, and as I heard more about what he's doing in the content space, the more I felt it was important for tech marketers to hear. I mean, he was pitching to me as an advertising company, but I think what he has to say is really prevalent and important to not just agencies and to what you all are doing as tech marketers and trying to build blogs and content and websites and take people from learning about you to actually becoming a lead to then buying from you. And he has a really unique way of approaching that, a actual scientific way of approaching content that drives conversions. Lawrence Elliott is a conversion copywriter for agencies who need content that creates clients. The mission of Elliott Copyrights LLC is to help businesses reimagine their advertising in a truly consumer-centric way. Their goal is to bring marketers and content under the same voice so that consumers better understand why certain products or services meet their specific needs. I mean, that's his tagline. I'm reading it word for word. You can just tell how clear and succinct his messaging is right out of the gate. And he walks us through how he does that. I just love this conversation because I think it brings back to the forefront the importance of content, especially now when resources are hard to come by and, you know, content is time consuming and it just, it, it feels easier to throw money towards the low-hanging fruit and to the faucet of PPC. And, and don't get me wrong, PPC is important and, can, and is a nice on-off tool. But in the long run, content is the longevity. And so if you can carve out some resources, and I'm not saying, and Lawrence and I get into this, but I want to make it clear out of the gate that I'm not saying that you need to be creating content every single week. And Lawrence backs me up on that. What we're talking about is creating very in-depth, important pieces of content, pillar content that can live on your website for a long time, that doesn't need to be updated on a regular basis, that then can be written in a way, and this is where Lawrence comes in, and I and I think it's magical, but can be written in a way that takes an audience in one piece of content from being introduced to you to actually wanting to buy from you. Here's my conversation with Lawrence. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining me on the Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders podcast. It's good to be here. I'm glad to, uh, to, to get started and share what I know about some conversion copywriting. Yes, this is a whole new world for me too. I'm very excited to dive in. But before we get into conversion rate copywriting, let's <laughs> talk about 
what you're doing now and how you got started. Okay, yeah, definitely. I um, Well, right now I'm working with, really focused on helping agencies, uh, marketing agencies with their, their content and helping them to drive more leads because, you know, that's just, I see so many people in my network just struggling right now because of COVID and the shutdowns and mm-hmm. marketing budgets are one of the first things that end up on chopping blocks. So I definitely saw a big need there. So that's kind of where I've shifted my focus in recent months and, you know, been getting really good responses. But I guess as far as how I got started, uh, I like to <laughs> share the story that I started as a, as a creative writer uh, back in, that's what I studied in college as a on the side with um, environmental engineering, which is way, <laughs> a way distance from that. But uh, that, that's like what I was really focused on. Like I loved doing science fairs in high school and middle school. And I was like, I want to be an environmental engineer. And when I got to college, I was like, I don't want to be an environmental <laughs> engineer. So <laughs> I leaned more into, you know, I, I always you know, loved to write uh, growing up as well. So um, I was, I wanted to be a creative writer. I was doing genre fiction, like short stories and you know, horror suspense. And I just really loved doing that and, you know, seeing the different sort of themes that people would get out of it that, you know, I wouldn't know about, but I would write it, but, you know, people would interpret it their own way. So it's always just fascinated by that. But um, as I started, you know, as I graduated from college and was looking to make it a career and, you know, just personal things happen in life, I'm like, okay, I need, <laughs> I need something that's going to pay the bills. I don't have five years to build an audience and launch a book and all of that. So I started looking into, okay, what's, you know, how can I use my writing skills, you know, to be an entrepreneur? And so that research kind of led me into copywriting and copywriting really stood out to me because it it just seemed like it was, you know, a career path that was tailored for that skill set because, you know, storytelling is such a huge part of, of, you know, effective copywriting. And, uh, you know, that's something that was baked into my writing for, you know, for years at that point. And another big, big, Thing that made it stand out to me was, um, you know, they say the best copywriting is conversational. There's the bar stool test they call it, where you you want to talk to your reader as if you're sitting across from that, you know, at a bar, where it's like, hey, you and me, it's a one-on-one conversation. You're my friend, and I'm just sharing some helpful advice to you. So it's like, does your tone match that, you know, or are you talking at them, you know, in your business, speaking with your jargon that nobody says in real life? So. Um, those two things, you know, were were something that I, I was just very comfortable with, you know, ha- and have been doing for years. So I was like, hey, you know, I can get paid to do this. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you pay some good money. So I was like, yeah, let me check this out. So that definitely sort of started me down the down the path. And um, two years later, of freelance, and you know, here I am. You know, here you are. Yeah, I think that's really cool too because. You know, I, I also come from a bit of a creative background. I went to school for photography and it is definitely not what I'm doing now, but it's got a math and sort of science edge to it, which is how I got into advertising from a mathematical standpoint. And, it, and there is a science to copywriting, especially in the way that you're doing it. So I feel like all of these roads sort of collided for you in this really cool way. Yeah, of- definitely. Um, one of my favorite books on copyright is called Scientific Advertising. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, that's about all you need to know about that. Yeah, direct response is, is about as, you know, granular and, and you know, metric based as it gets when it comes to advertising because you're, you're literally measuring and testing, you know, everything that you do. You know, that's the whole 
uh, point of it so that you can get the best results. So that definitely informs every, you know, everything that I write. Yeah, and I don't know that content is necessarily looked at that way. Uh, content's normally like the attention grabber or the awareness piece of the, I just need to get you in the door. And then there's, you know, some CTAs and things to then drive people to actually do something about it. But from, a, from what you're talking about, which I think is so interesting, is that, you know, content itself can be the lead generator. And so I want to I sort of pull that apart more um, because it, it feels like such an odd sort of sentence to say, but I mean, words, words are definitely powerful, especially when people actually read them and don't skim them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also, content's also so broad. I feel like when you say content, it, it's this, for you, it's very much a copywriting thing. So when you're talking about content, for brands and for agencies, are you talking specifically about the written content on somebody's website or blog post, or are you talking even broader than that out to multimedia? What sort of, what does content when it comes to lead gen, what does that mean for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the easiest point for, you know, from what I've seen for most agencies to sort of start wrapping their minds around it is to start with the written content, because that's, you know, when you think, you know, most people think of content, they think of a blog. So I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, at the bare minimum, if, if a company is investing in their content marketing, they have a blog. So that's usually where I start with to sort of like, okay, if you're doing this, you know, there's so much more that you could be getting out of it. And then once they sort of like see that, hey, there's real potential here to invest in, you know, in the return of investment, then you can sort of zoom out and say, okay, now that you have a real legion system for your blog, there's so much more content, you know, that comes with, you know, content marketing that could be driving your leads, you know, adding value. So that's like, you know, when you have resources and, you know, free tools and, you know, uh, your social media profiles and, you know, all, all of these other things, like you say, multimedia that can go into it, that just adds so much more value to your brand and to, you know, your customer's experience as they encounter you. So uh, that's definitely something more on, I would say, on the consulting side that I would do. Uh, with agencies, you know, every now and then is that I'm like, okay, you know, you, you, you've got this set up, but like there's, you know, there's a lot more potential here that would help you stand out as a brand that, that a lot of companies don't tap into. Yeah. So I, I mean, we're an SEO agency, so we mm -hmm. definitely have a blog because uh, as an SEO agency, no duh. Um, mm -hmm. And we definitely look at it with an SEO lens of making sure that your, you know, that it's ranking and that it's showing up on the first page and the keywords are there. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're looking at it from a lead gen standpoint. And I, and I do agree that that could be done much better, at least on our own website for sure. Um, and so let's talk about how to write content then that is lead generating because I mean, for me, it's, it's more of, I have this cool topic I want to write about and there's this keyword I'm sort of going after. And so there's an alignment here and I'm going to make something happen. Or we have a new piece of news we want to share with, with our audience, or I've, I've been doing this podcast. Of course, I'm going to, you know, have the podcast turn into blog content for sure, but I don't know that I've ever really like broken it down in a way that I could say, all right, I'm going to write content specifically to garner leads. 
So how does somebody go about that? Right, right. So I actually recently put together a uh, sort of like a short list of what I, you know, what I look for in, in solid content that's going to drive lead gen. Because I feel like your any blog, you know, that that's going to be you know driving leads and giving you a solid return for you know the hours that you spend researching and image sourcing and all of that. It's going to be doing you know one of three things and all three you know if possible. The first one is that you want to give your reader relevant and valuable information. Uh, the second is that you want to position your business you know, as an industry leader, as an expert on, on the topic. And the third is that you want to drive that some kind of legion engagement, whether that's a, you know, an email opt-in or a contact us or you know, whatever that call to action is. You, you want to be doing all three of those things in, in each piece that you put out. And so what I look for in that specifically is that I, I check out your headlines to make sure that they have a solid hook. There's so many just sort of like, you know, by the business head, headlines out there that like, eh, you know, I could take it or I could leave it. So, you know, you don't want that. And the next I will look at, you know, would be your image, make sure that, you know, you have a good solid graphic, you know, in your header image, because that's what people look at first. Then they look at your headline. So that's kind of like a misconception out there. If, you know, if you do have an image that's uh, featured whenever, wherever they're looking for that click, uh, they're, they're going to see that image first because we're very, you know, visually driven people. And then I look at your subheads, I look at, you know, your links, I look for proof elements, you know, so, so all of these things I, I look through that, you know, people might not think about, but you need, you need to have this stuff sort of woven throughout your, you know, your, your copy so that you're sort of, by the time you get to that call to action at the end, a lot of people just sort of throw it in there as, as a sentence at the end and wrap it up. But, you know, you haven't earned that because sure you gave them valuable information, but you haven't positioned your business along the way to be that solution to the to the you know the, the problems that you described. So they're like, hey, thanks for the information, but like I don't know if you're the person to solve this for me. So, uh, so you're uh, saying that whenever you're producing content, it's sort of, and I don't know if the, totally correct me if I'm not gathering this quite correctly, but when you're producing content, it's sort of this challenge solution based format. Like you always want to present with the challenge that your customers are probably facing and then the solution and the solution should in some way be you. Is that what? Yeah, essentially, you, could, you know, phrase like that. I wouldn't necessarily, it's always a challenge. Challenge solution is definitely a great uh, framework to work from, but um, you know, as long as you're providing just valuable, relevant information, you, you can sort of frame that, uh, you know, in, in a, a lot of different ways where you have roundups or you can just be comparing prices. So long as, you know, the information you're giving people, uh, I, I like to say, as long as it's more valuable and in-depth and useful than your competition, then like, you know, then you're going to be in a good spot. So that's why I, I lean away from, you know, short form content or like, you know, the 500 page, on the page, 500 word <laughs> blog, because, um, you know, there's only so much, you know, depth that you can cover in, in such little, space so definitely uh, am a fan of, of longer form content to make sure that hey you can take this and you can share this and a lot of people will get value out of this so, uh, so yeah like you said challenge solution is definitely a great uh, way to, to to really position your your business as the solution but you know the emphasis is definitely providing you know very high quality information so you know, the challenge that I have with content that everybody has with content, I'm sure I'm not speaking alone here, 
is the time it, it takes. I mean, producing really good, solid, long-form content is time consuming. I mean, you might as well start writing a book sometimes, it feels like. <laughs> right. I mean, how important do you feel content is to your marketing strategy then? I mean, if you were, if a company was to come to you and say, oh, Lawrence, I hear you, I got to produce content, but I also have all these other things that I'm supposed to be doing. Like, you know, I have to be posting on social. I have to be, uh, I got paid ads going. I have ABM ads going. I have, uh, I'm trying to manage all of these other marketing channels, like in sort of the media mix of things, you know, where do you sort of say you need to be producing content and it's how important compared to these other things and why? Well, that, that's really going to depend on, you know, the sort of business that you have and, you know, who, who, what your audience, you know, likes to consume. Because I'm not just going to blanket recommend everybody does the same thing because, you know, businesses in different industries have, you know, okay. different appeals and, and you, you have to go to where your audience is at. So, like, uh, I know a lot of social media agencies do great on Instagram and, you know, some of them don't even have websites because you know, their Instagram following is and that's all they need. So, in that case, you, know, you don't need to be doing, like, a, you know, a weekly blog or whatever. So, um, but I definitely think that, you know, if your agency is, is more sort of marketing driven, like, you know, like advertising, content marketing, you, you know, for more of a, just like a, a typical, you know, full stack agency, and you want to keep a, you know, a ongoing relationship with your, your audience, with your leads. Uh, first, you know, you should also have an email list, but that's a, that's a whole other <laughs> topic. <laughs> but, um, you know, your content is a great way to position your brand as a you know, you know to showcase your expertise there's so many agencies out there just in austin you know i've been looking through so many different agencies i don't know what i'm up to probably 250 probably by now just in austin you know where we are and so you know blogs are such an important way on your website to really differentiate yourself because everybody has you know services pages with you know promising to give you the best results everybody's got mm -hmm. some kind of award or another uh, but, you know, if you go to a blog, that's exactly, you can see, okay, this is what their level of expertise and you can compare that. So I definitely think it's, it's a great sort of competitive advantage that that goes into it that it's very easy to capitalize on because so many other companies aren't really taking advantage of it or they have a blog where they haven't posted in the last three months or if they have a blog, it's, it's all about them, you know, their company announcements and it's not anything useful to you know, their, their readers. As far as, you know, back to your question to give a more concise answer, you know, it, it really depends on, you know, what kind of content your audience consumes. But then even more specific, if, if it is an avenue that makes sense for you, then you should definitely, you know, be prioritizing it because it's a, it's a huge competitive advantage, you know, in a field that's, that's very, very saturated, you know, wherever you go, especially in big cities. Let's talk a little bit more about the content then and, and copywriting because that's the, the core of what you do and when you're talking about lead gen. How do you make content, whether it's short form or long form? Because I like what you said about Instagram, depending on the, you know, depending on the company and the agency. Mm -hmm. you know, there's other platforms where content can be consumed. It doesn't necessarily need to be consumed on your blog. It sounds like what you're saying, what you're writing and what you're putting out there matters in right. order garner leads right definitely so um so i think people 
get into the idea that content is separate from copywriting because copywriting is to drive sales and content is to drive awareness. And so they kind of make that, that sort of you know, difference. But I like to approach it you know, from the lens of a copywriter is that everything you should, you're doing in your business should be returning some kind of result. And so even if that result isn't immediate sales, that's still a result that you're aiming for. You know, if that's awareness, okay, I want to, I want this content to have this many views. I want to, you know, have a certain amount of comments or, you know, contacting, you know, inquiries or whatever. Those are still measurable KPIs that you can look at. And so you can optimize your, your writing to drive that result. So I feel like, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a bit of a misconception in industry. So people, say, well, this is for brand awareness, and they just sort of put it out there and don't track anything. And they wonder why their blogs are getting no traction you know, for months or years at a time. And it doesn't, it doesn't take that long to get traction on a blog if you're being smart about your content and making sure that you know, you've done a research on your audience to make sure that you know, what you're writing about is actually relevant. Because it's very easy to think that, oh, I, I know what would be interesting to them without actually doing that research to see what they're saying they're interested in right now in this moment. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, there's definitely some SEO tactics on how to go find that and know your right audience. But do you have any outside of SEO, do you have any recommendations on how people can know what their audience is looking for? Hmm. Outside of SEO, I would say one of the biggest things that helps me is just to have those conversations. So if you have like, you know, an email list with your, you know, your audience, just shoot out a survey. Hey, are you liking what you're seeing? You know, what would you like to see? You know, what was the most helpful to you? You can also look at your, your most popular content on your website. You know, there's plenty of ways to do that yeah. and, you know, see which, you know, which of these posts perform the best or which ones perform, you know, you know didn't perform very well. You check out your competition, you see, all right, which ones perform well for, for them, you know, on their websites, kids. You can often often see you know what's trending or what's most popular you know on a blog in a sidebar. So um, those are some great ways to to get a feel of you know what's really doing well uh, in the industry right now. One of my favorite websites is Alltop. They're a con- they're like the content aggregator, so you can really see the hottest uh, content right now. Alltop.com. Uh, yeah, Alltop.com, and also Feedly.com is another good website where you can, you know, they, they it's another content aggregator, but what they yeah. do is it's more of a, a subscription, sort of uh, like an RSS feed aggregator. So you can, like, if you're subscribed to X next, you know, blogs, you can just put those blogs into Feedly and they'll create like a news feed for you, basically. So you can just scroll through there and you'll see all the latest updates from blogs across the internet, whatever industries you're interested in. So that's a great way to stay up to speed the one organized place that you can see what's uh, what's being talked about. Yeah, I used to use Feedly um, when Google Reader disappeared on that devastating mm-hmm. day. Um, <laughs> but I haven't heard about Alltop and I'm on it right now and this is awesome. And it's really cool because you can drill down into like your specific uh, industry and see what people are talking about in the news. This is This is totally cool. Um, it is the big publishers like New York Times, Wired, you know, Reuters, et cetera. But it mm-hmm. is nice to see like what what the hot topics are when it comes to your industry. Nice. Yeah. There are some other ones that are similar to Alltop that uh, are more sort of 
you know, they're not the big publishers, but I think I like all top the best just because like you can break down into specific industries. Uh, it's yeah. really useful. And who to follow on Twitter, other news sites. This is really cool. I'm totally going to like nerd out on this later. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So you definitely need to write for your audience. I totally agree. And, and I do find that the content that, that does best for us is, is not only expert advice, I would say, but it, it sort of answers questions that our clients have. So a lot of times our people will be in meetings with clients and clients will have like these same questions over and over and over again. We should just mm-hmm. produce a blog post on this right, and exactly. put it out into right. the universe. <laughs> we could just point to it all the time. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, that's going to be, you know, content that does well because, you know, you've heard it firsthand. So it's always a great source of, you know, content ideas. It's just straight from what, what they say they, they need from you. Yeah. I do think it's a balancing act though, in the sense that, you know, you want to put out content that's helpful and sure, it's always nice that you happen, just so happen to be the solution every time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but how, but how do you make it authentic without coming off as like, you're always trying to sell yourself on the end or, or should you be selling yourself? And that's okay. Like wh- what's your viewpoint on, on sort of that tone of that balance? Yeah, I've seen some, some different sort of like suggestions for there, but I think the best one is that you want to be 90% content and 10% sales. Like that's a good balance to, to, to strike for. So Right. The the biggest thing is that you, you don't want to come across sales because content at the end of the day is, is not, you know, meant to be driving, you know, immediate sales. So you don't want to go into it thinking, I need to get something out of you like right now. Right. You, you still want to have a very soft touch. You know, content is, is very much soft selling uh, versus hard selling, you know, which is your, your standard like you know, sales funnels, and, like mm-hmm. your, your landing pages and all of that. So definitely like you, you want to have a softer touch. That's why I say like, if, for instance, if you're making a point uh, in your post about saying, Hey, this is why you should do Instagram marketing, you know, and you break that down. And then I like to say a good way to position your brand, that would be like a, you know, a copywriting element that you put in there that you could reference, you know, a case study that you guys have done with, mm-hmm. you know, a client that says, Hey, we did Instagram marketing for them. We got them these great results. So this is the proof that backs up our statement. So you're not, you know, it comes across as, hey, what they're saying, you know, they've done it, they have the research. So you're not just pitching them your service just out of the blue, but it's relevant to what you're talking about while still, you know, sort of adding to your credibility as an expert on, on the topic. So those are the kind of techniques that you can weave throughout, you know, your, your copy to, to always be pointing back to yourself while still being helpful. And the SO team will love that because you're creating an internal web. Um, <laughs> just say right. it. Uh, right. I think the other important, I think what you're also saying, which I think is really important and valid, and you said this a little bit earlier in our conversation, but just to pull it back through, because I think it's, it is really important and something we do all the time in a bad way is we tend to just throw the CTA at the end. We're like, if you have any questions, reach out to us or, hey, join our newsletter for more information or, oh, by the way, we have this resource. But what right. you're saying is to actually weave it, it, weave it in through the conversation of being part of the story rather than just a footnote or, oh, by the way. Right, definitely. 
Uh, well, first, you know, it's good to just to have a, a call to action at all because so many don't even have a call to action. I'm just like, <laughs> if I was a reader, I'd be like, okay, now what? What do I do and, next? Yeah. And that's that's one of the, the worst things, you know, you can do because, you know, when you're writing content, you know, you put in all this effort to create this, this great message and, you know, all of this valuable information and they get to the end and then they just go somewhere else. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> we got nothing out of that. So, um, so yeah, you definitely want to have your call to action at the end. But if you haven't positioned yourself as the solution, you know, that they don't really have a reason to click that. Unless, unless your content was just, you know, a, the most amazing piece that's out there. <laughs> but, you know, not every piece is going to be that. So yeah. what you want to do is to sort of drop those little nuggets throughout that say, hey, check this out. This is what, we, you know, what we've been doing. This is why, you know, we're, we're really good at this. Check this out. But, you know, you can do that in a way that's, you know, that's helpful. So it's like, hey, you know, I want to check that out versus you know, they're trying to tell me or something. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a balance to strike. But uh, like, for instance, I, you can do that by dropping, you can also do that by dropping like little mini call to actions throughout the copy. So if you have a big, you know, chunky 2,500 word piece, if you just have one call to action at the end, you know, very few people are going to see that because, you know, the, very, the minority of your readers read all the way from top to bottom, especially yeah. on, on, your, on your longer content. So you could drop many call to actions in there. Like, hey, you know, if you like what you're reading, you can subscribe right here. And you just kind of drop like a, like a little mini box into your, you know, your content, you know, I've seen some great blogs that do this, like Copy Blogger does that. Copy Blogger, you know, they built their entire business, you know, multi-million dollar business just off of their content marketing with no, no ad spend. So it's, it's doable. Um, yeah. You know, that's just one tactic there. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, you want to be making the case for your call to action all the way throughout your copy so that by the time they get there, they're, you know, they're ready to click it and you're not trying to convince them to click it. Yeah, it just feels like a no-brainer at that point. So if we're talking about long-form content, and we did mention, like, we run into this all the time with our clients. They're like, yeah, 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 content, cool. I don't have resources for that. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about this long-form content, is this something that you should be doing all the time? Or is this actually really helpful because it's not something you need all the time? You could just take your time writing one very good piece of content that do you find that just goes a longer way than constantly trying to publish every single week something thoughtful, but not necessarily as detailed and in depth? Right. So I think you should definitely have a few sort of pillar posts that are really showcase your expertise in a particular topic that's really relevant to your business. So you should have, you know, a few of those that, you know, are, are you know, just as good and as in-depth as you can possibly make them. Because first, those, those rank super well for SEO, mm -hmm. but those you know, those are key, you know, lead gen drivers. But as far as like your regular content, you know, weekly content, you know, obviously, it's, you know, depending on how big your team is, that's not really a sustainable uh, <laughs> practice. So, you know, as far as weekly content goes, it really depends on, on the business as far as how frequently you want to post. But, you know, weekly tends to be you know, the, the sweet spot for, for most HD. Some, some people or some businesses are in industries like, you know, financial or news-oriented things that you, you need to be up to date. So maybe posting three, four, five times a week is what you right. need because your audience is craving the latest news. Or maybe, you know, you only need to post once a month and you, you can be very successful doing that. But, I, you know, the sweet spot, you know, just out of the research is that about once a week is, is about, you know, the regular amount of touches that, that keeps, your, you know, keeps your average audience engaged. 
And so what that content could look like is that, you know, for me, you know, you know, I've sort of been building up, you know, my content and what I do is that I, I tend to batch create on a weekend. So I just kind of do it all at once. So I'm not sitting down, you know, day to day, just like, okay, what am I going to write about today? But no, I like, I plan it out, you know, in advance. And then I just do it, sit it and crunch it out and get it done. So I don't have to worry about it going on. So I feel like that's definitely a strategy that more companies should use instead of trying to figure out, figure out, you know, in a moment, uh, you can sort of really plan out, put it into a calendar and then just, just have it scheduled to go out so that you can focus on all of the other, you know, marketing strategies that you have running. But I keep kind of going off the tangents here. But <laughs> as far as um, what that concept could look like week to week, what you could do is that, so, so you have those few pillar posts set up and those are like your real big, uh, you know, just sort of monsters that you have there. And what I find is that when I'm writing those, I'll tend to think of something like, hey, that's, that's something that's really useful, but I don't really have, you know, the bandwidth in this post to add that in there. So what you could do is that you could, you could use those as sources of inspiration for follow-up content. So it's like, hey, you know, if, for instance, if I wrote a, you know, a post on cold emails and how to do some, some great cold e- email prospecting, a good follow-up piece of content would be, you know, how to do follow-up emails. Cause you know, that's a big piece of the puzzle that's, you know, that drives, you know, just as much as your, as your initial email. Or I could be like, okay, how do you make your offer? So you, you can sort of look at your pillar post and you could have it like, you know, based on how many services you have, you can create a, you know, pillar post around that service. And then you can sort of, you know, create a web out from there. And it just keeps sort of, you know, expanding based on, okay, I was writing this and I had this idea. And that's a great way to generate ideas for your content. That doesn't need to be as long because, you know, it's just like, a, hey, here's some additional information that will help sort of streamline your process even more. And every time you say pillar content, I imagine, and I'm not saying brands have to do this because, holy smokes, I imagine it's a ton of work. But I imagine those really awesome, in-depth, pieces from like New York Times you know when they sort of go off the rails and Mm -hmm. it's not like in their normal format it's sort of an offshoot of its own thing and it's got its own background and the picture like come to life and so every time I see color (laughs) content I'm imagining like these really beautiful in-depth pieces of content which you certainly could do Mm -hmm. and you could take it to that extreme and maybe I will because I'm inspired Um, (laughs) But it doesn't, it can, it can simply still be a blog post. It's just longer and it goes and it breaks things down a bit and it really delivers on a need. Um, and I, I think, I love what you're saying, Lawrence, too, and the fact that you can even pull out smaller pieces of content throughout that and uh, really build on it and link it all together because as you right. love that, you'll make them really happy. <laughs> right. um, so in terms of in terms of wrapping this up because man could i talk to you all day about this uh (laughs) and making this actionable for people what i'm hearing is basically you want a few pieces of long-form in-depth thoughtful content that weaves through how you help people actually achieve this thing whatever it might be and and you want a, a beautiful CTA at the end that really makes it easy for people to go on to the next thing, continue to in, 
uh, engage with your brand and on the, along the way producing other small pieces of content again that are still driven by who you are and what you do but uh, and, and also still have a good CTA at the end possibly with weaving again you through the story but really it comes down to the fact that if you if you put yourself I'm going to go to story brand and I know you're all cringing because I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> Lawrence, if you don't, if you haven't heard of the company story brand, definitely go check them out. I'm sort of obsessed, but okay. it's essentially what they do is they, they talk about what your challenge is, wh what the challenge of your client is and how you're the solution. And it's so important in storytelling. I'm going to end on this because I think, and then I, I don't want to hear from you on this Lawrence on how you feel about it, but okay. When you're writing the content, it's really important, in my opinion, that it's not about you. It's not right. about you as the agency or the brand helping out your customer or how you've done that. It's about the customer and their problem and how, again, you're talking about this idea of weaving. And it is. It's you're the guide who came in along the way to help this customer achieve this thing. Um, it's so important to remember, it's not, no matter what kind of content you're writing, it's not about you. <laughs> would you, would you agree with that? Like, I, I love what you're saying. I think everything you're saying is so important. And I, and I feel like you're saying this too, in, in a, in a way of, you know, really bringing these challenge, you know, this content to life in a way where you're part of the story, but you're not the hero. Right, exactly. And I was actually going to sort of mention that when you were sort of giving like the, the recap is that, you know, it's not about how you have helped you know people do this. The focus of your content, especially, you know, high quality content that gets shared is that you just want to give them the answers that they need in very clear, very actionable steps. And that's missing from so much because so much of, of what's out there is just for the pitch where they sort of tease with it with like generic information it's like all right if you, if you want more contact us <laughs> and it's like no like if you want highly engaged content you just need to give them the whole meal to like yeah. here it is just lay it out for them so that they could take it walk away and, and apply it people take away what you you know what you taught them and they get positive results from that you know just imagine how much they're going to appreciate you and your brand from that so i guess I didn't really emphasize this, you know, very much, you know, as we were talking, but that should be your focus. If that's why I said when it's a 90% content, that, you know, that's what I meant. It's 90% just giving it to them. Give them all your secret sauce, you know, <laughs> Yes. Uh, just uh, peel back the curtain, and, you know, and just help people. And then that, that's why I said that last 10% is like, okay, like now weave in how you're, you know, how you're the expert here, how you've done this. So that's, that's helping you with credibility. That's helping you, you know, with proof. And that's positioning your brand. So those are like, so like the housekeeping things for your blog to get the return on investment. But your focus should be from the entire process of building and writing should be to be, to make it the most valuable thing that they, that they can find and implement, you know, right away, even if they don't contact you. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Lauren, so much for joining me on the MKG podcast. It was a pleasure having you. It was a pleasure to be here. Definitely. Thank you for the invitation.
my conversation with Lawrence Elliott. <sighs> he's such a delight, isn't he? He's so calm. He's just such a calming presence right now, which I think we all need in our lives, especially as marketers were running at a thousand miles an hour in like 10 different directions in one go. Uh, I felt very calm in talking to him, energized, but uh, just so good. Take on a competitive advantage and write in-depth, thoughtful, conversion-driving content. You can do it. It's a new year, new priorities. Your budgets have just been renewed. You have the power. You have the power, marketers, and it's, and it's up to you on how you want to spend your money and where you want to put your resources. And I think if you could think long-term and carve out, I'm not, like I said, not asking you to create content week over week like a lot of people do and, and kudos to them, more power to them. But a lot of times we recommend content to our clients that's these really deep in-depth pieces that actually take a long time to create. It takes a long time to create for a couple of reasons. One, because it's a lot. It's not just writing one piece of content. It might be writing multiple, maybe a whole hub. We've certainly done that. And man, has that gone gangbusters. And it takes time because you got to carve out resources and that's really hard. And so it doesn't matter about when it gets done. It matters that it gets started. And so figuring out what those keywords are, figuring out what that content's going to be, and then slowly but surely carving out the resources to dedicate time to that. Because like I said, it's nice to be able to turn the faucet on and off for, for PPC. But if you can create that thoughtful piece of content that's going to live on and that can be written from a place of taking somebody from that awareness to the conversion in one piece of really thoughtful content, like, wow. If you'd like help with writing conversion-driven content, you can certainly reach out to Lawrence on LinkedIn. He also has a portfolio, uh, which is in the show notes that you can certainly check out and, and just pick his brain. I love following his LinkedIn because he gives such really great tips on copywriting. And then he also shares other copywriters and what they're up to. So you sort of think about copywriting as a whole channel almost. Really cool. Thank you, Lawrence, for joining me. It was a joy speaking to you. And thank you for listening to the Tech Marketing Leaders Podcast, the podcast that helps you get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard. And until next time, this episode was brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency of agile experts who specialize in SEL, PPC, and analytics. Music, mix, and mastering done by our marketing assistant, Austin Ellis. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketing.com to apply.